there are two topics that every human being is going to have to deal with at some point in their life, whether they like it or not. And those are money and health. And this is especially true if you're a business owner. And today we got to talk about the health side of things. If you want to be around long enough to make an impact in your business and to just be there for your family and friends, and you got to take care of our health and entrepreneurs are the worst. We deal with a lot of stress on a daily basis. And yet our bodies, our minds, our emotions, we rarely take the time to invest in the health of those three things. And to help us with that, I've brought on the show today, a good friend of mine and a health expert, Justin rothling He is the founder of Own It Coaching. He's worked in the NHL with hockey players. He's an incredible athlete. He's an incredible entrepreneur in his own right. And in this episode, we talk about dealing with health in a holistic way, dealing with stress as entrepreneurs. And he unpacks something he calls the eight controllables and how focusing on them can help you handle more stress. Stress actually isn't a bad thing. There's going to be stress in your business as you dive into newer, deeper things. But how do you handle that stress? That's what we want to talk about in today's episode. Justin is also the author of the new book, The Power of Ownership, Redeem Your Health, Live Life by Design, and Break the Relentless Pursuit of Normal. It is available for pre-order now. Just go to thepowerofownershipbook.com. Well, without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with my friend, Justin Rothenshofer. Justin, it's awesome to, to get you on the, the show. I, we've been bouncing around and getting our schedules to line up here, um, but I'm so glad that we had time to do it and I'm excited to have you on because I don't think I've had anybody on the show to talk about the health side of things specifically. And and there's a reason why I wanted to bring you on is because uh, so much of what I'm interested in as a business owner is really business as a vehicle for blessing the world and, and creating a life that I really want to live so that I can be with the people I love, do things that are good for me. And that includes taking care of my body. So I sometimes joke that like, you know, I want to have a business that's somewhat automated so that I can actually get a good night's sleep. (laughs) So I can actually like go to the gym. Uh, And a lot of entrepreneurs just, they're crushing it financially, but there's just no margin or time. So for the things like health and so health is so important. It's all connected. So I'm just, I'm excited for this conversation selfishly. Um, and so I'm excited to have you on. So big old thank you for making time out of your busy schedule, brother. No, it's amazing, Graham. And um, like I said, from the first day that we connected, there's just uh, so much, I think, synergy. And um, so I, I always call it there's like a soul connection that I get really mm-hmm. excited about. And um, I couldn't be happier to be here. That's awesome, dude. Well, um, I know you've been obsessed with health for a long time, and this is kind of kind of weird, I think, in a cool way. Like even since you were a kid, is it true? Because I've heard that you've mentioned that you wanted a heart rate monitor as a child. <laughs> is that oh, yeah. true? Can you tell me about that? And like, what's the what's the obsession with health, and why so young, and how's that led you to what you're doing today? So it, it it all started. I was a hockey player, grew up in Canada, and I was on my way home from. I was playing with. Uh, I was twelve years old. I was playing with fifteen, sixteen year olds, and I was on the way home. hadn't been playing very well. And my dad said to me, he said, "Son, talent will get you noticed, but consistency will get you paid." And mm. I didn't know what. I didn't know why then, but it struck me as like, man consistency. That's what I'm after. I'm not after performance. I'm not after um, how well can I play? I'm not after any of these types of things, but how can I be the most consistent version of myself? And so I started to think about what could I control? And my health was the first thing that kind of came to mind is what do I eat? How do I sleep? How do I train? How do I recover? Um, and 
where do you go for that information? Then as a 12 year old, there really isn't any because this was 1998 and, uh, the internet was like, like dial up type of thing, you know? And so, um, I, I started to read medical journals and started to just ask questions and I immediately became, uh, aware that there was this thing that measured your heart rate. And so for my 13th birthday, I said to my mom and dad, I said, Hey, I want a heart rate monitor. And they were like, what, what's wrong? Are you sick? Like, is something happening? <laughs> I was like, is, 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 do you not feel well? I was like, no, I feel great. I just want to feel better. Like I want to know what's happening. Wow. And we have to remember here, heart rate monitors were not like they are now where you can go and grab a heart rate monitor for 50, 60, 80 bucks. They were like 1500 bucks. And, wow. and, and they were like, uh, well, we're not getting that for you um, because I don't even understand why you want one. And I was like, guys, just pool everybody's money. Just please do it. Like, this is what I really want. And so everybody's money got pooled. I got a heart rate monitor for Christmas and uh, the rest is history. I started measuring my, I wore a heart rate monitor all the time from when I slept to when I would train to when I worked out to when I walked around to everything to pulse oximeter to uh, then getting into like brainwave sensors and um, uh, asking doctors for like my raw blood work and just really taking a look at, at the depth of what was going on. And I read this one study when I was 14 that talked about heart rate variability. And it really started to, it cued me into like, this is the metric that teaches your body how it's handling stress and strain. Like, let's dive into that. That must be pretty important. That must, that must be something that I need to know about. And so I started creating different algorithms and different metrics and downloading these raw files and compressing to find out what my heart rate was and what my heart rate variability was um, so that I could ultimately determine what habits, behaviors, and lifestyle modifications I need to make that next day based on what my body was asking me. And so just by accident, as a, as a young man, um, I got really involved and really invested, which kind of set me on the trajectory into my um, educational career, which ultimately turned into my professional career. Dude, that's so fascinating. I, I love it. Like when you can pinpoint like sort of the kid obsessions and, and how you're using that today. And so you've got a company called own it. Right. And your tagline is own your different. Just what does that mean to you a little bit? What's the significance of that? And how does that tie into what you're doing and the services you're providing? Oh, I love, love, love that question because I got goosebumps when you said it. So different for me is there's two words that are sacred in, in, in kind of my construct. Number one is different. Why? When you see greatness, anything, a golfer, a musician, a DJ, a mom, a dad, and you see them like just being great, like world-class, like, man, that's different. Mm. Like different is just such an, I don't think there could be a better compliment when somebody says, man, you're different. You don't act like the world. You don't Mm. act like everybody else. And in scripture, it talks about like, don't conform to the world's ways and your mind will be renewed. And so we should all seek to live differently, live differently than what is the norm. And it's a very opposite approach to what a lot of us take in this world, which is, hey, we want to be like everybody else. We want to be um, like the influencer that's on online that uh, got famous and did everything. Well, no, be different, be you. And that can be you because people will be drawn to different. Mm-hmm. And so 
when we talk about that in terms of our business, we realize that everybody has been built different. Everybody's been built to be world-class at something. And we can't treat every single person the same. We can't have a cookie cutter approach. We can't just treat the physical ailments or the physical health of somebody. We have to treat the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional components of everybody to make it truly holistic, truly integrated. And when we treat everybody as different and create different um, structures, patterns, behaviors, lifestyles for people, that's when the results come. That's when you mm -hmm. improve 30, 60, 90 fold on top of what your experience is. And that second word that is sacred to me is prepare. Um, because again, again, I get goosebumps every time I say it is we've been asked to do nothing, but prepare ourselves, mm. Pre prepare ourselves for what's already prepared for you. There's something that you, there's a plan for your life. There's a calling on your life. You are being asked to, to do something and you already have all the giftings that you could ever need to accomplish that really well. All you're asked to do is prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to make sure that you're ready to handle what's going to come when that promise is ultimately realized. I love that. So br bring that into like how you serve people, like your clients really quickly, like you're working with athletes, like how does that tagline apply <clears throat> then to them? Is it just the way you approach, like you said, solving their problems, like they're unique. It's not cookie cutter. Is, is there more to unpack there? Yeah. So, um, whether we're working with an entrepreneur, whether we're working with a fortune 500 CEO, whether we're working with, um, a mom, a dad, or we're working with a professional athlete, the, the approach is the same. And when I mean the approach, the same, the philosophy is the same. So what we'll do is we'll bring them in and we will treat them as a human being, as a entire person, which is what we typically should do, but we don't. What a concept, so, we, right? <laughs> so we do things differently. And when we do things differently, we take a look at your DNA, epigenetics, cellular micronutrient dysfunction, um, hormonal panel, gut biome. Like we get a full understanding of what's happening within your body. We then get a wearable device that helps us to understand how you're sleeping, the depth of sleep, the quality of sleep. And then the one metric that is the gold standard that we look at, which is heart rate variability. Um, and then we have a team. We have like a pod of, uh, a pod of coaches, I guess you could say that work with you. One is an inner energy coach, which is that cognitive behavioral therapist, that person that really looks at the mental, emotional, and spiritual side of you. Like what is holding you back? What beliefs do you have? What thoughts do you have? What mm -hmm. emotional traumas do you have that are holding you back from adopting certain behaviors, certain, um, habits, certain lifestyle parameters that are shaped by your outer energy coach, who's your, uh, who's an RD and a functional medicine doc. So what they do is now they're helping to structure the behaviors, the habits, the lifestyle changes that you need to implement into your life based upon all of the testing information. But it's not just, oh, this is the test that came back. This is what it told us. This is what you need to do and a cookie cutter stamp on it. It's no, what does Graham's lifestyle look like? Oh, he has a mm -hmm. wife. Oh, he has kids. Oh, he's a business owner. Oh, he's traveling often. Oh, he's coming out with a book. He's got a lot going on. Going to be very different than oh, this is Joey, who's a single man living in New York City that has a completely different life versus this is Mary, who lives in Iowa and travels international six days, six, um, six times a year. Like very, very personalized yeah. based upon each um, circumstance because you are not your circumstances. What happens is when we live with intentionality, 
we now shape the outcomes because we've prepared ourselves in a unique way. I love that, man. That's, that's so cool. And what a, what a cool experience for the, your, your clients get to go through. And I, I like, you know, holistic is a word that's thrown around a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, that's a really helpful picture. I really wanted to unpack fully what your view of that sort of holistic approach is. It really is inside outside. And I, I love how it starts with viewing everybody as different. You said something, you know, that you know, there, there's, you know, the scripture says, you know, this, uh, there's, you were created for good works that God planned in advance for us to do. And I, I think there's something powerful about realizing that we were designed and, and, and we all sort of feel a call to something to go after something um, and to pursue it. And I love how your work helps people fully live healthy lives so that they can do the things they're called to do that is different. I just love how so many layers are happening here with the, the word different. Um, and just as a side note, cause we talked about this, I think if, maybe a month ago, we were, we were chatting about, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a new book uh, and it's all about this idea of, you know, conformity goes one way. Um, and it's so easy to get caught up in that because it's safe. It feels secure. It's what everyone else is doing. And we have a part of us wants to just blend in because it's, it's scary to, to have your neck stick out and be different. But uh, so many people, I was just talking to a gentleman this morning who feels so like stuck having to do what everyone told him to do. He doesn't want to do it. And it takes so, so much like, you know, they have to break the coefficient of friction to go the other way and live this different life that actually feels more like what you feel called to do and other people don't understand it. I wonder for you as an entrepreneur, even, and I want to get into some of the practical stuff on the health side, but real quick, did you ever feel resistance to even wanting to be an entrepreneur? You have this athlete background and then this health obsession. And then, you know, you have this really successful company that's doing really cutting edge stuff. And you have, your clientele is like super like, big name people and really impressive people that are, they have big dreams as well. So it's this beautiful cycle, but it's, it looks great, but did you feel resistance growing up or friends, family, people of like, Hey, why are you going and doing that thing? Just do what everyone else is doing. Does that resonate with you? So a little bit, I, I, I finished my career in the national hockey league as a performance director. Um, and as I was leaning into that and I was, cause I was in that space, my identity was tied up in, the NHL, the, my identity was tied up into like having that logo on my chest. And, um, even the, f the first CEO I ever worked for, um, or had as a client, um, was the owner of an NHL club. And he goes, what you're doing for these guys? Like, can you do this for me? Wow. I was like, yeah, I guess so. But like, I've never thought about it that way. And after we started working together and he saw like the transformation that was just, like 180 from where he was, I was like, man, this isn't a athlete problem. This is a human problem. Mm. And God continued to like tug at my heart and like say, Hey, lean in, go, this is where you need to go. And he, if we followed the, the path of like what ultimately happened, it was completely by, de by design. But, um, I actually ended up getting fired in 2020. And during that season leading up, um, it was God calling me like, Hey, you've served your, the audience you've wanted to for the last 15 years, it's time to serve my people. And mm. there was resistance for me to lean into that because I, I don't know anything about business. I don't know what to do. Um, I know what I know really well, but I live in a, a closed ecosystem. I live in a, yeah. a, a team setting. And all of a sudden when I was thrust into that, um, 
there was there was one moment that I had another job offer um, to uh, to work in Dallas with the Stars. Um, after that happened, and I had to make a decision: do I do I take it and do I go and do I lean in and continue to explore those options, or do I be obedient and and go into the uh, the entrepreneurial space? And so. That was that I think was the the tough thing for me and kind of really kind of grappling with it. But uh, once I and, and I I don't want to get into like all these I've got sure. like so many different stories that I can go into of how during like that eight month span between getting fired and like starting own it um, there was frustration there was anger there was bitterment there was bitterness there was um, uh, high times and low times but it was it was a hard season not to mention that like. COVID hit during that same year and um, everything was changing. So for the first time in my life, and I've got a a new relationship with Elise, like we had been doing long distance for the last three and a half years. And now all of a sudden we're living together in New York city because that's what I had chosen. And now uh, I'm not, I don't even have a job and I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, and it was, it was, it was a hard, hard season, but shaping me ultimately and preparing me for what it was that I was truly being called for. I love that. I just, I, you know, for people listening, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that a little bit of that journey. I think it's very relatable that many of us have a, an initial skill or interest or thing, thing that we're gravitating towards. And maybe you have some success, especially if you have some success with it. It's very easy to then think, oh, this is who I am now because I'm the guy that does stuff for the NHL or I'm the guy like for me, it was, I'm, I was the music guy. The first thing that was successful for me was teaching music production on YouTube and it blowing up. And so I, my identity quickly, you know, gravitated to that. And so it's hard to then have an even expand, more expanded view of, Hey, yes, this is great. And maybe for a season. Um, but also that could just be the beginning of a more expanded view of those same skills or your experience can now help another group of people or, or more people in a bigger way. And it's so hard sometimes to think about like, well, I don't know, this is what I meant to do, but it's been so surprising for me to see that there's more and there's more for me. It was starting a second business, teaching the business model that made me successful. And then, then it's like, I want to write books and speak. Like I don't, and it's all expanding, expanding. So I just appreciate you sort of sharing that journey because you could have stayed in one lane and done really well at that, but it's you now have stepped into a bigger world, right? Well, it's unique what you just talked about, Graham, because in, in the book that I'm writing, Holy Health, this is literally what we talk about. So our human experience is made up of four entities. It's made up of our spirit. It's made up of our mind. It's made up of our heart and it's made up of our body. And the world tells us that we need to go from the bottom up. We need to get that six pack. We need to um, be. Uh, we need to be on this diet. We need to be. Um, uh, we need to be in living in this city. We we take an earthly approach and we lead with the body first. We then attach it to the desires of what our body wants, the desires of our heart that are attached to what we thought about what we needed to be here which then clouds our mind, which causes anxiety, causes depression, causes the thoughts of we're not good enough, causes the thoughts of, oh, if we leave or do anything else, we're not going to be successful, of, um, of deep fears, which creates separation of the spirit, separation from the identity of not who you are, but whose you are, mm. and the identity that we feel of us on earth. So for me, it was leading in that direction of, oh, my identity falls in the National Hockey League, not my identity falls in 
helping other people prepare themselves for what's already prepared for them. Conversely, when we attach and go from a top-down approach of attaching first to the spirit, understanding whose we are, not who we are, and what our godly desire is, what our godly identity is, that then all of a sudden renews the mind. It renews the Mm. thoughts and beliefs of what we're going through, that we can't fail, that this is where we need to be. It's not going to be easy, but we have to continue to show up and rely on the spirit that we've connected to because that's where it comes from, which ultimately purifies the heart. It gives you the emotions that are pure in where you're going. Yes, you're going to be excited. Yes, you're going to be sad. Yes, it's going to be hard, but your emotion is a deep faith in where you're going, which ultimately then is realized in the body through your habits, behaviors, and lifestyle that are shaped purposefully, intentionally to get you to ultimately where you need to go, ultimately preparing you for what's ultimately already prepared for you. I I love that a hundred percent. And there's so much going on there's a lot of even, you know, secular science un- unpacking a lot of the mind-body connection. And I'm so, I'm grateful that more of this is being uncovered because I think people have a very compartmentalized view of like, yeah, like my body, let's get this and healthy. Yep. Otherwise, what's going on up here in my mind? And a lot of, I'm grateful that the world is even opening up about mental health and just seeing there's so much connected. And so that flip that you just did of top down versus bottom up, so, so helpful. Uh, and man, that's really, that's, that's it's, it's a good visual for me that I need to keep in mind. Well, it's, it's even as you start thinking about that and you see this, that, and, and you talk about how the world has come into this, um, space of talking about mental health more and talking about, um, the, the spiritual side. I'm going to use air quotes for those sure. listening, the spiritual side of things, the meditation world, the breathwork world. I had an experience back in 2012, um, in the doctoral, um, department at the University of Louisville where, um, I was studying and kind of working and we did a breathwork series before breathwork was like popular, made popular by Wim Hof and all this stuff. And, um, I went through this 30 minute sequence and I just had tears streaming down my face and like I was connected in a way that I just had not felt before. And I opened up my eyes at the end of it and I was like excited. I wanted to tell somebody about it. I looked around, we had, I had four other classmates that were sleeping. I had two others that were on their phones kind of like just out of it. I had another person that was like kind of just stretching and be like, yeah, I'm really relaxed. And the facilitator goes, um, so everybody tell me their experiences and Everyone was like, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Like, I feel relaxed. This is, this is awesome. Like mindfulness. This is what we we're going for. They get to me and I'm like, well, I saw Jesus. I had a conversation with him. It was awesome. Like it was transformational. Like this is why I'm feeling this way. And the facilitator goes, let's leave Jesus out of this. Wow. And let's just come back to like how good you feel. Like that's a mindfulness practice. And, and again, this construct of bottom up, that's what the world has taken is the self-development world, the mindfulness, the mental health, like it's all taken a worldview of let's fix the body. Let's fix what this is. We've treated ourselves as machines where if something's broken, let's just fix the part. Let's just replace sure. the arm. Let's just replace the brain. Let's just replace the eyeball that and like fix it rather than taking a holistic approach and being able to bring it all together and being able to anoint it in what it's truly being called to. Because ultimately there is one way to create sustainability and it starts at the spirit. Every Everything else is a cheap substitute that will work for a short period of time, but will fizzle out. And it's a cheap substitute at a premium price that the world is ultimately calling you to. And when you can reshape it that way, when you can lean in that way and understand that when you fix the core of what's going on, get to the root of it, 
it changes the game. The, the definition of holistic, like this, this changed, this changed my whole mindset. The definition of holistic is all or entire. The definition of integrated means to make whole or bring together. The definition of health is the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional condition of the human being. This next part is what floored me. The definition of heal is to make whole or bring together the same definition of integrated. So if we expect to heal ourselves, but yet we aren't talking about the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual condition and leaning in at the core of what's happening, you're disintegrating the human being. And thus it's not holistic. It's not um, integrated. Thus healing can't happen. And that's why you see a disintegration of our health today. Hey friend, we'll get back to the episode in just a moment. Real quick, I hope you're enjoying the episode. And if so, please share it with somebody that needs to hear this episode today. It would mean so much to me. Also, I want to give you a gift for hanging out with me today. I want to give you my free million-dollar life-giving business formula on-demand training. Inside of this less-than-60-minute training, it will help you uncover your uniqueness to build a seven-figure boutique brand without burning out. This is some of my favorite material. These are the things that I'm taking my private clients through, but I want to share them with you in this free training. So if you've already built your business but it's not giving you life, it's taking life from you, this is the training for you. It's absolutely free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash lifegiving. That's grahamcochran.com slash lifegiving, all one word, and you can register for your spot right there. Now back to the episode. Wow. Oh my God. I mean, there's so much there, right? I mean, you can see why trying to fix the physical while, while ignoring the spiritual, I mean, that, that assumes that you think we're just physical beings, you know? So it probably depends on what worldview you come from, but are we physical beings that are now in, interested and curious about having a spiritual experience, which a lot of people are, whether it's, you know, the energy or healing or, or, you know, meditation, or are we really spiritual beings having a physical experience? And so if you're just trying say, to, to your point, I say we're yeah. souls having a human experience, not a go. physical being having a human experience. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem. I mean, man, you just you just nailed it. That got deep real fast. <laughs> I, I love it so so much. So can we? I love. I want. I like like want to nerd out there, but for also can we also then take it? And it's maybe very related. To, let's take it to the practical. Um, our audience are entrepreneurs. A lot of them solopreneurs. Um, and it's hard, right? Like it's it's hard to start your own business. You know what it's like. It's hard if you're the only person or the main person. It it, mm-hmm. it all falls on your shoulders. I have a business that that takes me five to six hours a week of my time to run, which is amazing. But you never shut off the brain. I come home and I'm always thinking about, man, you know, our numbers are this or that or what about this? My, my membership? Do it, what's the churn? Like I can't I can't clock out of the mind. And so stress. Let's talk about stress because that's something that even if you automate or delegate or just systematize your business and like I can be on vacation for months and the money still comes in, I still have a brain. I still have a, a heart. I'm still like thinking about the weight that I carry as a business owner. And you talk about something the eight controllables. Um, and how focusing on them can help you handle more stress. Can you unpack like what, what those are, maybe a couple of them, and what that looks like for you? How do you handle stress? 100%. How would you c- counsel me to handle stress? Yeah, so first thing I'm going to say, because you, you brought it up here, is the biggest struggle we have as business owners and entrepreneurs in this health space is that we 
try to automate everything. There's three things that can't be automated. Really good health, a really good relationship, and an unshakable faith. Those are three things that take work. Three things that take intention. I can vouch for that. I haven't been able to automate those three yet. (laughs) I try. I mean, when you figure out a way to automate those and to make it really, really good, let me know because it's going to be a billion dollar idea. But um, when you come back to it, stress is, is a silent killer. Kind of take you through a bottom up approach again. So our bodies cannot tell the difference between mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional stress. The response is the same. It's an increase in inflammation. It's an it's a uh, increase in heart rate. It's an increase in respiration rate. It's an increase in brain activity. It's a uh, dilation of the pupils. It's um, an increase in glucose utilization. All of these things are a response that the body takes when there is a mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional stressor placed on the body. So if you're taking back to back to back to back to back Zoom calls all day long, and it's highly attentive, highly focused, highly um, uh, deep work, that is going to have the same stress response, the same chemical reactions happening in the body as a really hard workout or running five miles or going through a divorce or um, getting upset with your kids or not sleeping at all in during a night, like all of these things, the response is the same. The body's response to chronic stress, if these stressors are chronic, is to increase inflammation. So chronic stress creates chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation leads to chronic symptoms. Chronic Mm. symptoms such as brain fog, headaches, body aches, bloating, nausea, insomnia, energy loss, that we justify. We say, oh, that's what it, the world says. That's what it takes to be an entrepreneur. You're tired? That's what it wow. takes to be an entrepreneur. Oh, you're a, you're a father of four or a mother of three? Of course you're tired. Of course you don't sleep well. Of course you have a little bit of weight gain. That's what it takes to be a father. Or the one I love most is, oh, you just turned 50? That's what, that's what 50 looks like. Wow. And so all these symptoms we've justified and it, and it causes us to live in this space that I call fake health, which is disease-free but symptom-full. Wow. And the longer that we live in the space of fake health, the smaller the window becomes to, be, to go into some form of prevention to where the window closes and we end up on the left side of the spectrum with this death and, death and disease and we have to now go into some form of treatment. And so if I go back through this, You have chronic stress, which causes chronic inflammation, chronic inflammation, which causes chronic symptoms, chronic symptoms, which we justify causes chronic illness and chronic illness is killing 71% of Americans. This is the journey that we continue to churn through. And what is amazing about this is the metric that I talked about at the very beginning, heart rate variability is the language in which our body's communicating to us how we are adapting to stress holistically, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. Wow. I I think I've said, wow, a thousand times in this episode. I'm going to go back and listen and hear myself. Wow. Wow. Um, So insightful. So helpful. Um, So talk to us about what do we do then? Let's say I want to practically, I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to Justin, like this makes so much sense. Why isn't this in the news more? Why isn't Justin running for president? But on top of that, like what, what can I do? Personally, I want to take action. I want to 
don't want that window to close uh, of, pre- of prevention and, and being, I don't want to be in fake health. So what are a couple of steps we can take as entrepreneurs and a lot of, and just for context, even a lot of my students are entrepreneurs and moms of three dads of four because uh, the yeah. beauty right is you can start this as a side hustle and the side but they're they're carrying all this weight mentally so what do we do how can we practically other than stop booking zoom calls back to back to back that was a very practical one yeah um let me know what can we do so a couple things i want to kind of guide here i want to give this a visual so think about like a quadrant so like a vertical line with a horizontal line the upper left quadrant is called overreaching the bottom right quadrant is called regeneration we do a great job overreaching. You want to build a business? You have to overreach. There's going to be stressors there. You want to build a family? Going to be stressors there. You want to uh, get fitter? There's going to be stressors there. We have to stress. Don't get me wrong when you hear this. Stress is necessary in order to grow. Stress has to be on our bodies. Like, think about it. You've got a 65, 70-year-old that retires, moves to Florida. They die five years later because they've got no stress in their life anymore. They're literally waking up, beautiful sunshine. They sit at the pool all day. They drink, they eat, they come back home, they sit on the couch and they do it all over again. There's no stress in their life. There's nothing stressing them. They're not growing. They're actually decaying. They're becoming easier to kill. We need stress in our life, but when that stress is not balanced and balance doesn't mean equal time, it means equal impact Mm. of regeneration. Regeneration are things that, and this is where I'll get into the controllables here in a second. These are things that Take stress off the body, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, get you out of the craziness that life does a great job of overreaching you. If we only spend time in overreaching, we drop into what I call the illness and burnout space, yep. the bottom quadrant versus being up here in the top right quadrant. When we have the rhythm, right? We end up coming to the top and peaking here in what I call ownership and stewardship. And that's where we want to live. That's where we want to operate. That's where we want to be. And so if we can find the rhythm of our life that keeps us here, HRV is the indicator. The higher your heart rate variability, the higher your um, HRV, the more parasympathetic you are. So the more resting, digesting, relaxing, able to take on more stress and strain you are. That's what your body's communicating to you. The lower your HRV, the less ready you are to take on stress and strain because you're in a more sympathetically overloaded state. So a more stressed state. So every morning you should look and start to identify the trend of where you are. Are you trending upwards? Are you trending downwards over the last week to month based off of what we're seeing? If you're trending upwards, amazing. That means that we're getting more resilient to the stressors we're experiencing. If we're trending downwards, why? What's happening? What are you exposed to? And for a lot of us, we're going to be low in an HRV number and stagnant, meaning that we're chronically overloaded in stress states and we need to figure out what to do. And so there's eight controllables, eight things that really impact HRV at a higher level. And those eight controllables, they're nothing sexy, but it's sleep, nutrition, self-care, environment, movement, hydration, immune function, and mindset. Mm -hmm. And what we end up looking at here is basically we've put together these baseline habits, baseline things across the board to say, hey, do I get a check mark for accomplishing these things? Do I have a habit structure, a behavior structure on a day-to-day basis that I'm leaning into positively or do I not? Do I I ignore that? Am I missing that? And if you're missing it, 
These are literally all baseline habits, baseline behaviors that you should be integrating in, in some way into your schedule, into your routines and lifestyle that are going to help you build resiliency in these spaces of each quadrant to limit and put you in a greater regeneration space. So you have that rhythm. So your baseline habits for sleep, let's have a consistent wake and sleep time within 30 minutes. Are we going to go to bed at 11 and wake up at six? Great. Let's own that. Let's stay there because Mm -hmm. that's going to create a better circadian rhythm, which is going to uh, increase your hormonal regulation, which is going to get you into deeper states of sleep, the regenerative states of sleep, no food three hours before bed, two hours before bed, no work, one hour before bed, no screens. Why are we doing these types of things? Digesting food is a stressor on our body. There's 400 times more melatonin produced in the gut than is produced by the brain. Wow. So when all of a sudden we start eating food at 10 o'clock at night and we don't sleep very well, we toss and turn. It's because our, our we've got all of this food in our gut that our body has ultimately thrown a bunch of blood to that has to work and digest that's not now working on getting into deep states of restoration. Working right two hours before bed, stopping working. Anytime we have cognitive thoughts and we're thinking, increase stress load. Same thing with screens. If we can eliminate blue light, it's going to, again, increase cortisol. If we start to see it, it's going to, to the photons that are in our, um, in our eyes are going to start messing with the circadian rhythm and the hormonal balances. And so we have to create that segment. So consistent wake and sleep time, three hours before bed, no food, two hours before bed, no work, one hour before bed, no screens. Then we come over to nutrition again, super easy, super simple. First meal, three hours after we wake up. Why do we do that? What we've done now is we've created a natural circadian rhythm meal plan. Three hours, but who do you do? Do you do intermittent fasting or have you played yeah. with that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So a lot of people in the intermittent fasting world, they're like, oh, I intermittent fast and this is what I want to do. But what they'll do is they'll start eating at three o'clock in the afternoon. They'll be irritable. They'll have high energy fluctuations throughout the day. They'll be lightheaded. They'll have headaches. And then they'll scarf down food from three until 10 o'clock, having getting as much food as they can into their system because they know they're going to have to fast the next day (laughs) again. But now they've just eaten right before they go to bed. So they don't get a good Mm -hmm. night's sleep. They wake up fatigued. They wake up tired. They chug the coffee. They're down and all this stuff. And they're putting themselves into this negative pattern spiral. Again, coming back to symptoms, realizing fake health. With this, three hours before bed, stop eating, three hours after we wake up, no eating, and we're sleeping for, let's call it seven or eight hours, we've created a natural 14-10 eating window, which is what the majority of people do in an intermittent fast. And that's how we were built. So three hours after we wake up, first meal, we have three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, don't care which ones they are, two pieces of fruit a day, and one big salad with a protein source. Are we hitting that? Are we doing this? 30 minutes of self-care a day. And self-care, the definition, is something you only do for you, mm. something that is only for you. It's not walking the dog. It's not coaching your kid's um, youth team. It's uh, not date night. It's something just for you. And it could be as stupid as sitting in a sauna and just vegging out. It could be laying in a hammock and looking at the clouds. It could be playing video games if that's something that like fills you up. But 30 minutes, give yourself a time limit, something that literally fills your engine again. Uh, I tell this story all the time where... Um, we had a New York times bestselling author. Um, he's written like 15 books and, um, he, 
had a part of his deal. He had five uh, weeks to finish a book. And he goes, Justin, I have like two chapters written. I uh-huh. said, what do you do for yourself? He's like, he laughs. He's like, I'm trying to write a book. I've got four kids and a wife. <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, what would you have done for yourself? He's like, I love to water ski, but I haven't water skied in three years. I was like, bro, you live on a lake with a boat with a neighbor kid that loves to drive the boat. He's like, you have no excuse. So for the next three weeks, I want you to go out for one hour a day and uh, three days a week and, and water ski. He goes, no shot. I was like, do it or we're not working together. He goes, okay, fine. So he went out first three times, nothing. Second week comes, went out three times. And after the third session that week, so the sixth time he went out, he calls me at like two in the afternoon and it's like, I can hear him crying. He's like, Justin, I was out there and I, and I, I just like, I, I, I had a flow that just wasn't hitting me before. And I wrote the book literally while I was water skiing. And I was like, that's amazing. It's so incredible. And I come back to it is when you get back to that level of self-care, when you get back to filling yourself back up, not only is it relieving the stress that's, on, that's in your life and ultimately, yes, increasing HRV. Yes, there's a scientific component to it. But let's come back to what I just spoke about of taking the top-down approach. He's water skiing. He's out in nature. He's peaceful. He's relaxed. He's breathing. Connects him to the spirit, which renews his mind, which pur- purifies his heart, which now he realizes in the flesh. And that's all that happened. And so it's implementing that in a very purposeful and intentional way. Um, wow. Then the, our environment, um, sunlight exposure, first thing yep. upon waking up, sunlight exposure at dusk, resets circadian rhythm again. Uh, mindset, let's get a daily meditation practice, a daily breathwork practice. Again, spirit, the, de- the, the, the root word to spirit is breath. So if we want to take a top-down approach, let's connect to the breath. Once a day, whether that's meditation, whether that's breath work, whether it's just reflection time, journaling, accountability, that's a baseline habit that we should be doing. Um, immune function, uh, if we track HRV and we actually start looking at our HRV on a day-to-day basis, we can actually start to see the impact of how our body's immune, fu- immune response is working. If we see a three-day decrease in HRV, it's our body saying, hey, Graham, I need a little bit of help here. So we can have an immune supplement or we can have vitamin C or we can um, focus on our sleep a little bit more, but it's a trigger and it's a signal to say, Hey, we need to do that. No different than um, if you're looking at your marketing information coming in and you see a downward trend in your click rate. Well, you're not just going to say, Oh, well, let's just keep doing the same thing. Keep throwing money towards it. We would change it. We would change what we're doing. And so that's a, another great tool there. Um, Hydration, half your body weight in ounces, 200 pound person needs a hundred ounces of water. Um, we can get into electrolytes and how we figure out what your body needs from some of the deeper testing that goes on, but your body's 80% made of water. It's pretty important, but yet you'd ask 95% of people and one, they don't know how much water they drink in a day Two, They don't know how much they have to drink in a day. And they wonder why they have headaches, uh, nausea, uh, chronic cravings that they can't, um, can't cure through, copious amounts mm. of food. They go to sugar usually. Um, but half your body weight in ounces of water is, is what, what we need to hydrate properly. Anything less you start to fall into that dehydrated state and then movement and exercise is the last one where I say 30 minutes of deliberate, intentional exercise a day. That doesn't mean riding the bike, sending emails, riding the bike, text messaging. It's 30 minutes of deliberate exercise a day. 
and then moving every 90 to 120 minutes. Uh, I've, I set a, uh, all my meetings on my calendar, um, every two hours to give myself a five minute break. During that break, I go downstairs, I walk out on the beach, I come back up and away I go. Um, I, I might grab my dog, go down for a five minute walk, but moving every 90 to 120 minutes changes that. And so that's the baseline habit structures. And when you pair them with HRV and you start to build those in and you see a downward trend in HRV, you're like, which one of these baseline habits or which one of these controllables have I kind of fallen off on? Sure. Did I have a travel day and I just didn't do this? Hmm. Guess I need to build a better travel framework for my life. Mm. I had family in town. Guess I need to get a little bit more proactive in what I'm doing. And it comes back to this concept of intentional preparation. When you can prepare yourself and ultimately help renew, restore, and develop yourself, you now have the capacity to take on more, which ultimately be, we're being called to. Bro, that was a masterclass in how to be healthy. That was freaking phenomenal. Uh, thank, thank you for breaking all that down. Uh, this is so, so good. I have so many thoughts swimming. We're, we're pressed for time. I, I will say I want to just pull out the, the one about your your author client and and the doing something for himself and the water skiing. It's just such a great, simple application of we're, all of my students, we're having to create something. We're creators. It's either you're creating your next product or course, or you're writing a book, or you're creating a podcast, or it's, it's, you're producing, producing, producing. You do, it feels unproductive to go take time for yourself. Mm. Even if you know you should, it feels like, ah, oh, that's not time that's well spent. But as if you stop and think about it, as everyone probably has experienced going and doing the thing that is for you, that is fun. It does put you in a different state where then now the ideas can flow and the, the, the writer's block goes away. The creativity goes, block goes away. Um, it, you, you can't just, you're not a machine. You can't just push forward is what I, I, I want to say. And I, I, for me, I, there's a lot of things I love, but a simple walk. I love to your point. I love going outside for a walk. It's amazing what walking without listening to anything. No offense to my own podcast. I wouldn't even listen to my own podcast. I, don't <laughs> just, I walk in silence. Um, and, and, and I'll pray or I'll think, or I'll just have a, a blank blankness in my mind for 30 minutes, an hour two or whatever it takes. I come back filled with ideas and if nothing else, I come back feeling like filled up was the language you used and just ready to create. It's so simple, but it you have to fight that productive tendency of like, oh, but my calendar, I could squeeze one more call in or I could do one more thing. And that just takes discipline to know the thing that will keep you going long term so that you can produce at your best. I thought that was a great insight. I really appreciate that. No, there was, the, I'll add one last thing to that. So we had a client who come in, literally suffered from the same thing, was like, Justin, there's no way I'm meditating. There's no way I'm taking five minutes to to do this because like I have I have stuff to do, bro. Like I'm I, I'm, <laughs> I'm on <important>. the go. <laughs> I, I don't have time. Yeah. I, and about he he's a big time investor. He's got a massive hedge fund. And uh, I had him on my podcast probably I don't know two months ago. And he goes, Justin, you know I'm an investor, right? I'm pretty good at it. But if somebody would have told me, and quite frankly, you did, that if I meditated or I did breath work or I took, I figured out what my self-care routine was and I implemented that, that I'd be more productive. I'll tell you right now, my 20 minutes of meditation every day buys me eight hours of highly focused and productive work. 
that is the best return on investment I could ever have. And I would make that bet every single day. And so that's wow. just like, it was just like, it hit me in the same context and line of which you were speaking. That's beautiful. That's awesome. And that, that translates to a lot of dollars for that guy. <laughs> so that's, awesome. that's awesome, man. Well, dude, we, we have a segment on the show that we will end with every time called the golden rule segment. And it's really simple. Um, let's say, you know, you've got kids, you and Elise have kids and, and you're teaching them all this stuff, all this stuff that you guys are so good at health related stuff, marriage related stuff. Like you're teaching them everything about life. And these punk kids forget everything that you teach them, uh, except for one piece of advice or one piece of wisdom that they actually would carry with them for the rest of their lives. If they only remembered one thing you taught them, what would you want that to be? Kind of like a golden rule. It's a great question. Let me think. I mean, I could throw a bunch of stuff out there that like, that I kind of come through, but I love, I think I love this. Uh, this is going to be a podcast all on its own where we would dive into, but I'll, I'll, I'll share it with the audience. And it comes down to the concept of prepare prepare yourself for what's already prepared for you because it's, it's a massive gift, but pray, reflect, expend, practice, accept, rest, and expect. And if we can take each one of those words and lean into it and know that if we prepare ourselves, everything's going to happen as it, as it needs to. Um, that's what I would want them to know. I love that. I also love acronyms. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so awesome, dude. Oh man, Justin, this has been amazing. I know you have a, a resource for people and, and you mentioned one of the controllables about sleep. Um, you've got a, a resource on the sleep at ownitsleep.com. Can you tell people real quick what that will give them? Yeah. So when you go there, it's it, basically I dove into thousands of research articles trying to figure out, okay, how do you, how can you break down and get the perfect night's sleep? And, um, there was actually an article that, uh, I did in Esquire magazine, um, on how to get the entrepreneur's best night's sleep and, uh, or the content creator's best night's sleep and, um, came up with this, uh, this manual of 15 ways to get the perfect night's sleep. And if you go to ownitsleep.com, you can grab the, uh, grab the whole document that, uh, that I put together for them. That's awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, own it sleep.com. If you're listening to the podcast, Justin, this has been amazing. Thank you brother for taking time and just spewing all your wisdom to my audience. And, uh, I'm going to put a lot of this into practice, man. No, I appreciate you. It's been awesome. I appreciate you, Graham. Have an awesome day, brother. You too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Justin. I'm glad we got the episode out. There's a lot of practical things in there. Uh, I've taken an entirely different look at my health since working with Justin and getting to know him as a friend. Uh, and some of the things that I learned in this episode were brand new for me. But since then, I've been able to implement a lot of these strategies in my own life, as well as my wife, who's really into this kind of stuff. So I've learned a ton. If you want to take control and take ownership of your health so that you can be in business and in life for a long, long time to come. Please check out Own It Coaching or also pre-order his book, The Power of Ownership, Redeem Your Health, Live Life by Design and Break the Relentless Pursuit of Normal. It's available for pre-order now. He's got a bunch of bonuses if you pre-order it now. Just go to thepowerofownershipbook.com. We'll link to all of this in the show notes below as well. Thanks for checking out the episode and hanging out with us today. I hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you on another episode real soon.